DMs. Have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Aarakocra, happy that Wizards of the Coast is adding a bunch more races with flying speed so DMs have someone new to hate? Then this is the podcast for you. Where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Dun dun! Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> That's meaningless. <laughs> We're recording on Thursday if you didn't put that together, folks. <laughs> That's today is a Thursday in in the in the standard calendar. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for Hi. you listeners, Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> Why don't we do that more? Who is it that does that? Is it wrestling? wrestling. Is it wrestling? Why would yeah, we do that know. more? I don't know. I feel like more things should just start with you yelling the day of the week at people. You know, every conversation, you every see conversation, the, you see like, someone on the street Tuesday and you're like, what? That's not my name. If I ever get married, I feel like I'm going to send like a video uh, invite and <laughs> it's just going to be me yelling like Thursday, November 11th, join me for my wedding. I don't know why I'm getting married on a Thursday. That's weird. <laughs> Hey, you don't you don't stick to any traditional norms mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. I wish you would, and <laughs> I'm holding you to it. So, oh man, what a what a what a wild few weeks we've had uh, of days. <laughs> I don't know what what. Unit it's only of been a few days since we last did this, and it feels like a year has passed. Oh my god, I'm tired, and you're I'm tired. I'm so tired. Um. Okay. Super fun things. My basement. Oh my god! Um, I know it looks we talked so about good. this. I know we talked about this last week, but you hadn't seen it yet. And then oh. you came over last night for a game, and oh my god, so good, Joe. So good. Where did you so even good. find that chandelier? Because you guys, okay. imagine if you will, what your DM describes to you in a tavern, and then like the chandelier you imagine in a tavern. With the little like candlesticks in place of light bulbs. And that is what Joe has in his basement. And it's amazing. Okay, you don't even know. Do you want to know what I'm going to do? I'm, yes. I, I'm going to find the thing. I got it at Menards, but I will find. I used to have. Oh, shit. I used That's to have. That's where the box. you save big money. I, honey, big money was saved. Actually, it was kind of expensive. But I will uh, I will post that. I will. We can post it with the episode. It is the only reasonably priced like dungeon-y chandelier and also i have these little things that i could add onto it to like these little like glass things to put around the oh lights. cute yeah but i um i it's a whole thing because they're too big to to fit and it's uh, but there's a lot i could do but um I, yeah i got it at menards and it looks really cute and the, all the lighting is great and i'm mm-hmm. so excited and i finally did get all of the hookups for the cables um yeah you the, got them hookups oh i got them hookups girl girl <laughs> and i got those hookups oh, and um <laughs> you haven't oh, in so oh, long oh, i know um 
and uh, I got those uh, uh, everything set up so that Heather can now and anyone who's virtual can appear through the TV and it 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 sounds great and it looks great. I got a little ha- camera hanging from the middle. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Money well spent. So, <laughs> yeah, that basement was a fantastic investment, yeah. uh, especially for how many games you're a part of and how many you dm because having that kind of space once we all start playing in person Mm -hmm. and and allowing people to play virtually down there too oh my gosh it's just so good it's so cool down there are you just like thinking ahead to the winter i i really am yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like it's nice for heather and all but she's gonna be warm in like texas or wherever she is i'm thinking about me in january not wanting to drive to your house Oh, uh, but love shoot, it. what was I going to say? I was going to say that my favorite part was Amazing. that you set the ambiance with the changing mm-hmm. light colors. Yes. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah, it's it, that. And that was like my vision from the start. And my brother, I have to call my brother later because he's going to help me find a good um, like uh, basically like similar to the Bluetooth speaker I currently use. But we're going to put speakers on the ceiling. So oh. it'll be sort of more of like a surround sound ish type ambiance and just call me ambiance oh honey ambiance <laughs> all the all the single dms nope all the single players all the single wait all the board players all the board players come over to my house because i have <laughs> that was a fun so bad. house oh 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 Roll, 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 roll. See? If you like it, then you should come down to my dungeon. If you like <laughs> it, then you should okay. come down That can be interpreted <laughs> multiple ways. If you like it, then you should have crit on it. Oh! Ooh. Yeah, crit all over me. <laughs> Where? <laughs> what is this? I'm so sorry. Just... I, full, what is full <laughs> disclosure, I like have not been sleeping super well and I just yeah. like zonked out for like two hours and took a nap. So I'm a little loopy right now. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome, world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am um, running on fumes a little bit right now. So mm. this is going to be a great episode, guys. Hope you <laughs> enjoy us just being dum dums. <laughs> We're uh... here for it. Anything exciting happening for you? You just got a new dice tray. Well, I was just about to tell oh. that story. You guys. Okay, so it was my birthday earlier this month. September 11th. September 11th. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. <laughs> Shh. That was Joe making those jokes. <laughs> FYI, NSA. Do you hear that? It was Joe. I'm from New York. Everyone suck it. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, so last night we had our uh, We're Gydra 1. No, no we're Gydra, Gydra 2. two. Okay. Yes. So confused. All right. <laughs> we had our Gaidra 2 campaign. Uh, and uh, Joe was like, come a little early. We'll get pizza. We'll celebrate your birthday. And I thought that alone was like the cutest thing in the world. Because I have said this so many times on this show, but it's just always such a surprise to me that you make wonderful close friends doing something like playing tabletop games, right? So... I went to Joe's house and then suddenly from a magic drawer, he pulls out a wonderful present for me. And it is the world's most beautiful dice tray. I will also be posting a picture of that with this episode, actually, Mm -hmm. because it is so cute. The world needs to see it. And it was a gift from uh, 
not just Joe, but a couple of other folks in the campaign, our other JoJo and Tyler, mm-hmm. both of whom have been guests on this show before. And I was so touched. I may have started crying in the basement a little bit because it yeah. was a very touching, touching moment. And I was just so honored to be the recipient of such a beautiful gift. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. You're a real player now. I know. It's a wooden dice train. Everything. No mm-hmm. more of this like weird inverted felt thing that I had been playing with. And right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, I, I was, we were happy to get it for you. And um, uh, yeah, I, I love, I just love dice trays. And I have too many of them, and I want, and I want more. I want more. <laughs> and more excitingly, well, not more excitingly, because the mm-hmm. dice tray is pretty freaking exciting. But as a dessert yesterday, <gasps> guess what Joe made? Mm, what did I make? Sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie. And I loved it. I mean, I do not enjoy pumpkin pie, but sweet potato pie is where it is at. I will send you the recipe. Listen, I do not... I do not recommend this person all the time for recipes because they tend to be a little overdone. But Martha Stewart's sweet potato pie recipe, it calls for a little lemon juice and that adds that little Ooh. that little that little kick. Yes. That little something. And um Did you make that crust at home good. too? I did with the help of my friend Mr. Pillsbury. Oh, Ooh. love it. Mr. Meaning, P and no, I, I are like not. this. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. make it. Mm-hmm. I, it was frozen. I thought about it. I don't I don't know how to make crust, yo. <laughs> I thought about it, and the the recipe from Martha Stewart is like, of course, it's like, uh, buy buy a a pate brise, um, uh, whatever thing, and then roll it out and put it in the pan. And I'm like, Bitch. ignore the internal temperature of your hand and use freezing cold butter right. mixed with ice cold water, and yeah. then hand mix. And, and you're like, well, you know what? F you. <laughs> yeah, come on, Martha Pillsbury got this shit online. Yep. So I did not make the crust. It was Listen, fantastic nonetheless. I may or may not have eaten the remaining three slices, <laughs> and there's one left that I will eat. I will have had six slices of that fucking pie. <laughs> it, that's that's three-fourths of a stick of butter, and I'm okay with it. So bring it. What? Mm, and what? Yeah. Mm. And what? And what? Bring it. Um, I, I am... Uh, Zipping away, flying off to California this weekend for this a wedding. Is tr- so this is true, of course, flying to California. Yes, and um, th- my college friend is getting married, and we're gonna—they're gonna have it at a winery. <gasps> so I am so excited for the so very Instagrammable photos I'm gonna be able yeah. to take there. Just, Where are you oh, flying into? San Diego. Oh, okay. So I thought I thought this was going to be in like wine country, but isn't no, that like no, it's north? it's Southern California's version of wine country, called oh. a little town called Temecula. So, oh, so it's going to be a little trashy. <laughs> mm, I mean, southern. am I going to get a little trashy? <laughs> yes. Is Temecula am I feel actually... bad about it though? No. no, no. Is Temecula a little town? Or it's like a city. It's uh, gosh, I that's actually my hometown. Uh, oh, so when I lived there, oh. it's it was a little town, but now I'm sure it's grown. But well, now your hometown's Toronto because yeah, Canada. my hometown, as our friend Sandy likes to tell me, anytime I'm telling a story, my hometown is whatever is most convenient for the story that I am telling. Okay, okay, all right, all right, Sandy, why don't you just hold <laughs> hold your shit? But also, she goes, that's... how many places can you be from, Anna? <laughs> 
my hometown, all of India. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I am... Uh, uh, so many things have just happened in the world of D&D. We won't get super mm-hmm. into this stuff, but we have to talk about it. Wizards was like, Ooh. oh, 5.5 is coming in a few years. Like, what? And we're, we're releasing all of these 7 million books so we can make 7 <laughs> gajillion dollars off of you. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, and which you're I'm like, okay I'm going to buy everything. <laughs> Every single one. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, that happened. Critical Role today, this Thursday. Yeah. Um, just announced that uh, their uh, campaign season three is is starting up in on October twenty first, as well as a bunch of other stuff. Like I am so excited! Um, I have all of these campaigns going with all of you, lovely folk. Um, it's going to be so much fun. I I'm just like you I don't know, know the only thing we need to make this time even better. What? Um, we need our Twitter followers to send us <gasps> questions and yes. discussion topics. Mm. Guys, yes. we're counting on you. I know. Come on, y'all. We know those rules issues come up at the table. I know. We know they come up. Send them to us. I can't wait until the new stuff comes out. And then there's going to be a whole other slew of questions so for us rules. to answer. Ooh, I can't, so I can't many wait. Rules. I get this excited when the new Iowa code comes out, too. I'm like, ooh, give me that. Give me that. I do code. not get that Ooh, excited. Yeah. That's the difference. Now you can see why Anna's like a real lawyer and I'm like a fake lawyer. Um, uh, I do not get that excited for the Iowa code. However, um, yeah, I hope that there's like a just a there's going to be a you know, there's going to be druid spells. It's going to be like conjure mm-hmm. everything. And it's just going to it's just going to conjure. And then Michael on the next Buble. page, it's going to be like you may conjure nothing. If you, may you are five foot eight. If your character is five foot eight, <laughs> right, nothing then, can be conjured. <laughs> right. And then we'll have to five foot eight where? Five foot eight yeah. feet tall? Five feet eight inches cloica somewhere? Length? Like a what? Clo- cloica length? <laughs> cloica. We got a cloica. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be so many fun things yeah. to come from those books. I'm excited for the Treasury of Dragons, which is coming yeah. out at the end of October. I just picture dragons in a bank. Like, like everyone, <laughs> in the, everyone in the bank is a dragon. They are, I mean, Hello, sir. They're, that like scene from The Hobbit or whatever, where he's, it's like a giant dragon just sitting on a bunch of gold. Exactly. Yep. That's uh, exactly s- what it's going to be like. Smog. 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 Benedict it, Cumberbatch. It is the smog. Wait, what? He did the That's voice? That's who does the voice. Oh. It is the smog. If it I'm incorrect about smog. that, I feel like the internet is really going to attack me. So well, I apologize. But I'm pretty sure we, I'm right. <laughs> listen, our followers, we don't have that many. And yeah. so attack will, they'll pelt you with pebbles it's fine you can withstand that um okay all right well should we get our guests in here guys who's here today it's one of our fan faves it's phil oh phil let's go get him let's get him Oh, yay. This was a bad voice to start out with. I'm already out of keep breath. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> the Honorable Chief <laughs> Justices Joe and Anna and Associate Justice Phil of the Supreme Court of D&D 
all persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and be thankful the government is evidently remaining open for a little while longer, for the court is now sitting. Welcome, Phil! Yay! Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Phil. Justice Phil. Okay, first things first, (laughs) we have to... I'm the realist. We decided that's our new thing that we do. Sure, sure. Like, yeah. like how critical role does like making my way. Our mind's gonna be. I say first things first a lot, so you have to say I'm the realist, or like if you're casting heal spell, I'm the healist, or like something <laughs> okay. along I, those I will lines. Try my best to jump in as well, but we'll see. Yes. So, um, thank you so much. You gave me a television that was collecting yeah. dust in your home, and I have used that successfully. I have, I'm proud of myself for, for my, my tech abilities here, which is not that technical. <laughs> um, I, I have successfully set it all up, and we are going to be able to bring in a player virtually, which means for Gadget 2, we can now be in person. I'm, I mean, for Gadget 1, sorry, I'm so excited. Um, so thank you for that, Phil. Yeah, like I said, it's Yay. been sitting there for like three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and funny, funny enough, Phil bought. So when when he was my yeah. intern, you bought that TV with a gift certificate that we got you as our intern, yep. and then you gave it back to me. So. It's as if like, the old nonprofit I worked mm-hmm. for just bought us a D&D TV. Mm-hmm. And that was a year before I got – so that was like – that was six years ago. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Wow. crap. Oh, my God. We're old. That's yeah, a very modern-looking television for being that old. I know. It was cheap, too, but hey. I mean oh, – I mean, Oh, we should have given you more money? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. The answer yes. is always yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, the court will hear – one case today, um, the case of Action Surge v. Ability Check is what I'm calling it because we don't actually have a name for it as of right I now. forgot to title it. That is all right. It's been a long week. <laughs> um, can a fighter use their Action Surge to reattempt an ability check they just failed? And if so, what exceptions exist? So, Phil, what is? Tell me about this. Tell me about this question. Yeah, so there's kind of an obvious first answer, which is, of course, they can. If you're thinking about, like, in combat, if you shove somebody and fail, right, if they succeed in their check to avoid it, you can obviously action surge to do that again. Right? There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. But if you're out of combat, one, you don't really have a turn to action surge on. And two, many DMs say an ability check is not just one attempt. It represents kind of your your entire attempt at whatever time setting this is, which is, cha- you know, if you're in a chase, it's like instant. But if you're just in front of a dungeon trying to unlock the, a door, that uh, check may represent like hours of work trying to unlock it, depending on the DM and kind of the context there. Right. Yeah. So the question then being, fighters seem to have this unique ability to take a second action immediately on the same turn that no other class can really do outside of reactions, which are special. So do fighters then have some kind of advantage or ability to reattempt these checks at some special level or uh, when other classes wouldn't be able to? Interesting. Okay, so, wh- so what are your thoughts on this on So this topic? my thoughts are generally fighters can do this, that they should be rewarded for having a special ability that no other classes do. Um, but that there are still times when you couldn't 
just automatically redo it. You know, for example, um, if you're you're trying to hold somebody up from on a rope and you fail very badly and the rope breaks, you probably can't try to keep holding the rope, you know, or if you're trying to stay, you know, you're trying to hold on the rope yourself and not fall down. If you fail that and you start falling, you probably can't try again to grab the rope. Um, so things that think, are like actually repeatable, like that. yeah, like in and, real life, if you fell, you can't be like, let me try again and not fall, right? Or like, or, and not be falling, right? Exactly. And, and the counter kind of side of this, I think it's almost a U shape, um, because on the other end of things, if it's like a sleight of hand check or a thieves tools check to unlock a unlock a, a lock, I always think of that as not one attempt, but like your entire. Uh, uh, your time spent, it, like you can attempt it multiple times. It, exactly. So if you're mm-hmm. a rogue fighter or you're just a fighter with thieves tools proficiency, I don't think you couldn't use action surge to attempt that lock pick again. That wouldn't make sense to me as a DM or as a player, really. What? Interesting. So wait, so I, I'm not s- sure I understand why you can't attempt to unlock the thing again. Right. So I guess that's because I consider ability checks not just one attempt at the problem. But the check roll actually encompasses your entire um, time spent the, trying to do it. Right. Okay. So, like, if you if I made you know with Umbra, if I made a thieves tool check on a door, and I rolled like a ten, uh, Clint might say you spend an hour tr- attempting to try and do like a, a, you know whatever those things are called. What are they called? I almost said knockers. Tum- tumblers. But that's definitely tumblers. <laughs> and pins. You, you yeah. try and press down. It's knockers. You know? Lock the uh, lawyer over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, uh, just you got to do what you got to do. Uh, you, uh, you you press down the tumblers and uh, and maybe like you spend a full hour doing that. And like it wouldn't make sense in that context to be like, and then you immediately after that hour ends, you like action surge and do it again. I think it's just like. I mean, would you even need to use action surge in that context? Because if you, I think, if right, like. Right. And I think that's what Phil's saying, right? Like, yeah. in that case, you wouldn't. That's kind of the other end of where you really couldn't use action surge in, in a narrative way. Right. Or narrative uh, conforming way. Yeah. So, so you, you've given us two examples of things that wouldn't make sense. What mm-hmm. in your mind would be something that would make sense? Yeah. So if you're trying to, say, break through a door to a, a guardhouse where someone is actually trying to hold it against you and you fail that check, um, I would say you can attempt that again immediately, even like uh, not in combat with initiative. Um, or I guess another kind of uh, what I had been thinking about um, was like a, a tightrope type situation. We wouldn't necessarily fall off, um, but you can action surge as part of your action trying to go over that to try to um, do it again or regain your balance, that kind of thing. Um, I, I understand there's a lot of kind of overlap in those, and it's it's almost down to whatever context you, you find in your game. Does it make sense to reward the ability of this person to act quickly and, uh, you know, to give a lot of effort in a short time? Hmm. And I think it comes down to being willing to reward a class that has a special and unique ability. Right, whereas a cleric or a barbarian couldn't do these things, a fighter is a, is given that kind of one second chance at some ability checks because they have that unique ability. Interesting. How did this? How did this come up? Was this just you playing a fighter and being like, "I want more things"? <laughs> no. Or, so I want uh, to be rewarded. <laughs> uh, in part because I have a fighter in several of my campaigns now. One of my players is a barbarian, multiclassing into fighter. I've been thinking a lot about action surge and how it's kind of one of those very 
it almost seems small in scope of 5e, but it is one of the few times you can break this action economy yeah. um, that is otherwise pretty basic and pretty uniform on everybody. Right? It's kind of like using counterspell or a reaction spell during your turn. You get to use two spells, right? which is, again, a large break from the um, usual rule that applies to everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. It's the only circumstance yeah. in which you can do that. Um, okay, so fascinating. Anna, what are your thoughts? Do you have thoughts? I, I do have thoughts. And I guess when I was thinking about this case, I was imagining something like in combat, you're your comrades are fighting an enemy and you see like a slab to a cave opening or something. And you're like, I'm going to push this out of the way. And so you push once and you fail the strength check for it or the athletics check for it. And so you action surge to push again. But now I'm trying to think about this in the way that you have kind of described the unlocking or the trying to break the lock thing. And I, I, I kind of understand what you're saying about how it kind of encompasses the entire attempt because, of course, you don't just – when you're trying to break a lock or pick a lock or something, you you wiggle it around in your attempts to, like, break through mm -hmm. the tumblers. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I also still kind of see my perspective of in the heat of a combat, if you're taking turns uh, – as part of combat and you see a lock and you attempt to pick the lock and then you fail the first time you can kind of gather yourself and then try it again. And I, I still kind of see that. And to that extent, I would say, yes, you can re attempt. Uh, and I wonder if just the DC has to be significantly higher because it is your second attempt. Yeah. I think that's definitely a valid um, way to kind of view that particular uh, skill check i know i've seen that before where like you can try again but it's higher dc um i, th I think it's it's a little unique though in terms of, like because in combat if you are trying to pick a lock well yeah obviously it's, it's one turn you, you can't have that kind of stretch into hours or minutes mm -hmm. right. um whereas I, I don't know i guess narratively it wouldn't make sense to me i, I agree in, with in, you yeah, yeah yeah with the narrative sense it just doesn't make sense because also in, in, if you're doing it narratively it's not like you're saying i'm taking the action of you know picking exactly. this lock, or i'm taking the action of opening this door you're just saying i'm going to open the door or i'm going to try to pick the lock it's not like you're taking turns taking actions when you're just kind of out of combat in the narrative and that's what i expected may have been either of your pushback against this because if you're not in combat you don't have a turn Right. An action surge requires you to, on your turn, mm -hmm. use action surge. So, right. you know, possibly, or maybe rules of written, theoretically, whatever it is, you can't use that outside of a combat situation where there is initiative. Yeah. So I guess two things come to mind. One is is exactly that. Like, does it make, I mean, does it make sense to to use it outside of combat? Because I guess... Let's imagine it was a barbarian who was trying to try. I, I mean, I guess I, we have to take a step back and maybe mm -hmm. this isn't really a raw, like specific question, but it's I yes. love it because it's like, how can we use the rules as written to make the game more flavorful and fun? And that's what you're doing with this, which I love. So yep. like, yeah, like this makes sense. So so but let's imagine a barbarian who's trying to like, hold, you know, break down a door. Um, I've had situations where like they fail in the first attempt and it's like, well, like, is it is it just that the barbarian like is like 
I'm imagining that I don't know if you guys ever watched um, Mad TV with um, Michael McDonald when he like does the punches, but as soon as he goes to punch, it's like, Ugh! and he just like he can't like. It's very funny, but um, uh, that's what I'm imagining. Like, like is it that the barbarian just like can't do it, or would you say like? Like, yeah, it, may, it would make sense a barbarian could, like, tr- keep, try to keep going, especially if we're not in a con- in an initiative situation. Um, and I think I think your point is just being like, this is special to fight. Like, let's mm-hmm. give fighters something special because they really don't have a lot of those extra things. And that makes sense. And I think I agree with you from that perspective. Like, yeah, like, that's a, that would be a fun thing to add for fighters. But here's my, my bigger question. Would a fighter ever use it? Because... In that is such a clutch ability to use mm-hmm. in combat, mm-hmm. like especially once you hit fifth level, you can attack four times, yeah. and if you have a, a if you're dual wielding, you can attack you can attack five times. Like you, th- that is such an important ability to have a fighter use because they are going to need all of that to do maximum damage, and that is really sort of like a fighter's purpose is to be a damage dealer. Absolutely. So, so I mean, it's sort of a question of, you know, it doesn't actually address the issue, but it's sort of like, would anyone ever realistically do this? And I can imagine like, yeah, maybe there's a situation where it's such high stakes. You have to get through that door. You have to jump over this pit or you have to do something. Um, could you find an interesting and unique way to allow a fighter to do this outside of combat? And I mean, if a fighter wants to sacrifice it for that, like, sure. And it actually really fits with the fighter in general, right? Because you get indomitable later on. Exactly. That's what's going to bring up. Like, it it almost fits in this flavor of they don't have magical abilities. They can just kind of sometimes they're just really good at doing stuff. Yeah. You know, not in a way like rogues are always kind of going to have that consistency. Fighters have kind of this small push of excellence. It's kind of their, their whole thing. I like that. I yeah. I mean, I don't. I I think I don't think it's necessarily like a, a an issue of like do the rules allow it. I think we should just say like this is more of a homebrew thing that mm-hmm. could add a lot of flavor to your games. And maybe I would say like leave it up to the player to decide when they want to sacrifice that. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. let the player say, "Hey, DM." Can like you know if this is something you want to introduce, introduce it, and then when the player brings it up, really think about okay, is this a situation where it would make narrative sense? Mm-hmm. And if it does, I don't see why you couldn't allow a fighter to do that, especially since so many classes get like advantage on things. You yep. can easily just like help someone do something, and right. it's like okay, yeah, sure, get advantage on it. Um, this is actually like the fighter sacrificing an ability to to attempt something again. And I think that that is really narratively rewarding. Yeah. And I mean, so there are also uh, ability checks like persuasion where it doesn't mm. really make sense. Like I try to persuade right. him again. You, you just know? talk really fast. But I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if you could try to fit in the narrative there. Maybe there is intimidation. I think certainly probably you can do twice. Like if you try to, you know, front on somebody and like scare them, but you kind of trip or whatever, or like they just are intimidated. You could try that again. Like you can re, re you know, however you want to kind of reset yourself. You could kind of attempt that again. And I think at least I would give a fighter the ability to, to burn that uh, resource to do so. Hmm. I mean, to be honest, every time I have an oral argument, I say something, I try to persuade them. I fail. And then I try again. So. 
<laughs> well, there you go. And as a fighter, it happens. Lawyers are all fighters. Yeah. We're fighters. Um, it's interesting too because I think we've talked about this in the podcast before. Action surge theoretically has this like temporal component, right? If you think about it, it's like you are you you have that burst of energy that allows you mm-hmm. to act twice as swiftly in a situation in, in that six second turn, right? Then or round than uh, than any other person could normally. That's like the theory behind action mm-hmm. surge, but you also can't hold your action surge, which doesn't make sense, mm. and also. According to the rules as written, you can't hold two attacks. You can only hold one attack if yes. you have multi-attack. So why I guess like why, right? Like like right. okay, if we're gonna place those arbitrary time restrictions on on not even fighters, but anyone, then yeah, why wouldn't we sort of just like read into this ability? This is judicial activism run amok. <laughs> and I love that, by the way. For once it's gonna benefit people I like. So <laughs> well, do I like fighters? I don't know. <laughs> I think we've, we've, we have been pretty I, vocal about how you feel about fighters, Joe. <laughs> I mean, maybe Phil can change my mind. Phil, you're going to, this is, this is a mm-hmm. preview. You're going to be on, oh wait, no, you would have already been on Raw School. I have already been on Raw School, You've, Joe. You oh, should no, no, know no, 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 he, he it's, wouldn't it's have been. I, yep. It's okay. reverse. I'm getting I, my mind mixed I up. I take that. Coming well, up on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I have because school. I'm from the future, but everybody <laughs> yes. else, yeah, I still yes. have not. Yes. Um, you're going to join us on Raw School to talk all about fighters, but um, maybe you can persuade me otherwise. But um, for now, at least, um, I don't like them. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> and and for all the listeners out there, you should definitely listen because I have some thoughts on fighters. Ooh, yeah. spicy. <laughs> we'll we'll Ooh. see what it is. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I really like this concept. I think things like this. So uh, Tyler, who was in Gaijer 2 with Anna, um, I am in. He's doing a uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh campaign, and he has a whole list of rules, uh, homebrew rules, similar to the one that I use in my games that I've actually and I'll added to mine because of things that were in his. Thank you, Tyler. But um, he has like this whole list of rules um for interesting ways that you can use athletics checks because because historically athletic checks are kind of underutilized um and strength in general is underutilized and he mm. also has like for every two points of your ability score in intelligence you gain like you gain a language you gain a skill proficiency you gain something so oh, it, like that's really cool yeah yes. it adds a lot to intelligence because intelligence is also really underused yeah um so uh i i'm all for like like little homebrew rules like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I view it mostly as a way to reward a pretty unique ability. Um, Cause I'm, I'm always all for like, if a class can do something, don't let other people do it for free. Like uh, one of the best yes. examples there is like mm-hmm. rogues uh, and monks using a key point can dash as a bonus action. So that means no one else gets to do that because if you know a paladin could do that, well, that takes away from what the rogue is designed to do. Right. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Um, so would you say that this case then, maybe we remove this case from from a court of law into a court of equity, and yep. perhaps we um, consider it more as an equitable dispute, and we we encourage the parties to reach an amicable resolution by saying, fuck yeah, let them do this. In do combat. it. Give or fighters... 
give I fighters like something out of combat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> give yeah. them something, gang. <laughs> Just give them something. Just give them something. Just give them something. Honestly, this discussion has even kind of persuaded me to back off of my don't use it in narrative outside of combat stance because hearing you guys discuss the kind of original unique ways that it could be used uh, outside of combat. I, I really do think it should be taken on kind of a case by case basis and working with your player to, to make yeah. good use of such a feature. Yeah. That yeah. should just be like a feature fighters have like every mm-hmm. short rest, they get one ability to like reattempt an ability check just like or like give them advantage on a random ability check yeah like basically indomitable where you can reroll a failed save reroll a failed ability check yep if you're proficient or whatever you know yeah i think that would be an awesome ability to get fighters Mm. all right well hey we have five three we have 5.5 coming out Mm -hmm. in a few you heard it here first folks heard (laughs) heard jeremy jeremy you listening hon Girl, girl, uh, come on, we gotta get these rules done. Give fighters something spicy and fun to use. Um, okay, well, I'm not even gonna do yeah. gavel gavel because we've moved to equity, which is like fake court. So <laughs> it's like admiralty, yeah, admiralty, exactly. <laughs> um, but we are, you know, what we are gonna do. We are gonna take our robes off. So um, get into Whoa, chamber okay. chat. Chamber chat. Oh. Um, I, I'm going to come up with a little jingle now. One of these days, we will. Yeah, we will. Um, Just rip off the chia, the chia pet one. Chamber chat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Do chia pets even okay, like? Still I'm exist? sorry. When he Probably said rip not. off the chia pet one, <laughs> I thought. No, I thought don't you tear like, it off. Like. Yeah, like, I was imagining it. when when we say like take your wigs off and stuff when we get into chamber chat. I was like, rip off the old chia pet off my head. First just, of all, you would think wigs because can Canadia. But just like Velcro. I went one step further and I imagined that Phil that you were just nude under your robe but had a chia pet covering your your yeah, that's... hidden parts, and then you were like, rip, rip it off. off that Definitely chia what pet. I meant. Okay. Yep. One hundred percent. Well, hey, free advertisement for Chia Pets. Um, <laughs> Get um, them at any hardware store from the 80s. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Phil is from both the future and the past. And the past, okay. yep. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So we're going to, we're in chamber chat. So um, we found, Anna, where did you find this question uh, before I read it to y'all? Um, I was trolling through, you know, these like random Reddit thingies. I'm not on Reddit, so I don't really understand how it works. But sometimes I just Google Good. like D and D five E questions to come up with things to talk about in this. So thing. you could you could say you were you were trolling for that D. Yep. And D. And D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted them both. Oh wow! I, um, I thought I thought and, it was for a Q. A question. Oh, <laughs> well. Hey, if that's your thing, you could you could you could go for a Q as well, but. Here, anyway, we're, we're I, I didn't before. find this question exactly. I found something kind of similar to it, asking about proficiency and dexterity versus adding your proficiency bonus to initiatives. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me thinking about this one that we're about to talk about now. Okay, so here is the question. If you have uh, proficiency in every subset of, for example, the dexterity skill, so uh, you're proficient in the saving throw, acrobatics, sleight of hand, um, stealth, uh, 
do you get proficiency in a in a dexterity check itself and should you be able to add it to your initiative mm. okay so anna you were sort of researching this one why did this stand out well, because it was an interesting thought, because when I think about some of my characters that honestly have proficiency, a lot of my charisma based characters have proficiency in almost all of the little subcategories of charisma. And if somebody asks me to just roll a charisma check, I'm like, if I am proficient and everything that falls under charisma, why can't I just be proficient in charisma? Uh, and thinking about that but then i was like okay but the whole point of of the proficiency is to give you the bonus in that particular sub skill uh whereas adding your proficiency bonus to the overarching skill itself kind of changes your whole score every time right so i was kind of fighting warring with myself a little about where i fell on this so i was curious to bring it to the two of you and see what your thoughts were. But I think I fall into the category of you should be able to give yourself the proficiency bump. But that's oh. just me. <laughs> okay, Phil, what, do you have any thoughts on this? So I'm going to take this in a different direction. I apologize for that. But when I first heard, read this question, I immediately thought of our friend Clint and his experience, how he always refers to dungeoneering. Yeah. Which was a previous skill that no longer exists. And my first thought was, oh, you should be able to take proficiency in just like intelligence checks that do not fit any of the skills listed. So like basically every single uh, book should have an other skill that you can pr take proficiency mm. in. But that is a different question and kind of context entirely. As far as your question, I I'm very sorry, Chief Justice Anna. I, I wouldn't agree. <laughs> Um, that's okay. I don't part, think Joe is going to either. But I'll also point out that so when you when I got this question, I was like, that makes no sense. Why would you even think that? But then I realized, so I only use the player's handbook or uh, D and D Beyond and like the classic character sheet, which lists skills alphabetically and separate from saving throws. Ah. But I know a lot of like other alternate character sheets list them by skill. And the saving throw is in that list. Mm -hmm. So it makes way more sense if you use those character sheets to think in, in these terms. Um, so then I was like, oh, it actually makes a lot of sense. If all these little dots are filled in, why wouldn't you get proficiency in dexterity at the top there? So like, I think it comes down to almost how you perceive the game, whether this makes mm. perfect sense or it's like, what? That is kind of coming out of left field. Yeah, I, I, I actually really agree with that uh, analysis. I... I think, again, you have another opportunity for another potential homebrew rule, right? And, of mm -hmm. course, this would tend to favor your rogues and your bards and, and you know, classes that get a proficiency in a lot of things. But mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Maybe, like, just give them proficiency in everything in that category if they are already proficient. Um. So, I, uh, I, I think I... I disagree, Anna, and to, to give them a proficiency bonus, and here's why. So I agree that there are some circumstances where um, you you don't add your profi uh, proficiency bonus or like there's not a specific skill listed. One that comes up a lot for me is recalling information. Um, like 
if I want to make you roll for that because it's been a long time, there's no, I mean, a history check, maybe. Um, I just say, just give me a general intelligence check. Mm-hmm. And then I, as the DM, will always lower the DC substantially from what I would normally give for like something that you could add your proficiency bonus to. Um, so like, whereas... Uh, the player's handbook has like a uh, a guide of like 10 is like average, 15 is above average, 20 is like difficult, 25 is near impossible, 30 is supposed to be like basically impossible, like mm-hmm. God, God-like and then above. Um, so normally where I would, I, I would set a DC for something like that, maybe between like 13 and 23, depending on the circumstances, um, I would now, because you can't add your proficiency bonus, like I might set it from like an eight to an eight to an 18 or an eight to a 13 or something to make it more of like just average level recall. Do you recall in this moment information that I'm letting you information that you're trying to receive? So I think as long as DMs are not, uh, as long as DMs are adjusting the DC accordingly, I don't think a player needs to worry about adding their proficiency bonus. Um, but then again, that's a lot of like off the cuff math for DMs. Right. Yeah. But it's interesting. So if you take a look at the Entangle spell, this is something that came up when we were discussing um, uh, Druids, I think, uh, with Tyler, or it it could have been a different one. Um, I mean, do you think it makes a significant difference whether you just let the person add their proficiency bonus versus you lowering the DC by the same amount? But then I guess, but then you would only give it to people who who had all of those things plus a saving throw versus me, I would lower it for anyone who asked, you know what I mean? So Uh. like you would be favoring players who uh, maybe in that circumstance, you do both. You lower the DC and let them use their proficiency. I think that's a good homebrew rule. Mm. Um, But if you look at, I mean, I I still don't understand this spell because the, uh, the very end of it says everyone knows entangle, right? Vines sprout up and they entangle you. If you fail a saving throw, a creature restrained by the plants can use its action. And it just says to make a strength check. Doesn't say athletics check against your spell save DC. Now think about that. If you're a character that has a plus one to strength and you're facing a spellcaster whose DC is 17, you have to roll a 16 or higher because you can't use your proficiency bonus. I don't know that. I mean, it seems that you should be able to repeat the saving throw versus right versus just making a strength check. And maybe there's something in the rules that I'm not aware of or glossing over that like that strength check is supposed to be athletics, but it doesn't say that. Right. Yeah. And I think there may be a situation where like they misprinted or mistyped or miss, you know, wrote it because athletics is the only strength uh, skill. But also, like, if you look at the skill section of the player's handbook, it's clear, you know, a, a variant rule is you can use different abilities for these uh, skills. So there's clearly, like, they are separate and ent- they are separate entities, right? A strength check is not just athletics. It could also be intimidation if your DM says, give me a strength intimidation check. Absolutely. Hmm. And I just checked the errata just to see if I had overlooked it, but um, there is no mention of entangle in errata. So... Yeah, I I think this is like, I'm not sure if it's designed this way, but I think rules is written. This says if you're athletics proficient, you can't get that bonus. You can't? You could not, correct. It would be a strength check, which you can't have proficiency in. I'm going to look up, um, so barbarians, when they're raging, 
get advantage on either athletics or strength checks. I'm not sure which it is. It's it's strength checks and strength uh, saves. I think it's both. Oh, okay. So, so having would... proficiency in the overarching skill is something that they contemplated. So it um, would. Well, let me. S- well, that's advantage. That's advantage. Yeah. Ah. Not proficiency, but. But so that, for example, would apply here, even though proficiency would not, uh, as written. Hmm. And so is, I, I, yeah, I think that would tend to make me believe. Oh yeah, it just it says is you intended. Have, you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws, which I mean, I guess this means hey, entangles a really powerful fucking spell, <laughs> um, <laughs> unless they're a raging barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but even then, like even a low level caster, maybe their DC's thirteen. Mm-hmm. Like. Like you'd need like a significant, you'd need at least a plus three at low levels, which most barbarians probably would have in order to even compete with, um, uh, or, or, or to have like a 50, 50 chance of, of, of really getting that. Cause you have to roll a 10 or higher, um, uh, for like a, like a DC 13 safe. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, I'm not sure why that is the way it is. Um, why are you the way you choose to be? But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I I just don't think that you would add your proficiency bonus. I do think this spell and maybe some of these little things were just misprints that maybe they didn't catch, um, which is why they should hire us, wizard. <laughs> Hello? Hello? We um, are available. We all would <laughs> quit our yes. jobs 100% and join your... Immediately. Hell yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I would join Phil and say, um, that no, you would not get to add your proficiency bonus, but now I guess let's, let's talk. Okay. So Anna, you feel like, like strongly about this. I what don't about- actually. Oh, okay. So that, I mean, cause I was going back and forth. I was warring about it yeah. when, when we were kind of prepping for the episode and I fell on the side of letting them have it. Because in my mind, when I look at my character sheet, and I didn't actually mm-hmm. even think about the fact that most other people's character sheets don't look like mine because yeah. Joe makes mine. <laughs> so I just assume <laughs> what Joe does, everybody does. <laughs> but he is special and he creates wonderful character sheets just for me. So I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like looking at the character sheet, it's just like it made sense to me that if I have somehow gained the ability to be proficient in every subset of skill they could think of for this kind of check that I would be proficient in that check. But I absolutely see your logic there. I absolutely see the other side of the argument. And even in thinking about this question, I kind of struggled going back and forth on it because I was like, that is going to give a boost where it wasn't explicitly meant to be given. Right. So yeah. Under the rules is written. Right. And it also kind of says a big F you to con checks, which can't have yeah. because there, there is no constitution skill. Yeah. Well, well, but I guess you I mean, there's, just argue, if you're like, if you're, if you're proficient in con in saves, saves, does that give yeah. you? Is, does that enough? Which, yeah. But when would yeah. you make a con check versus a con save? I guess. Oh, I guess I always consider like endurance things are con checks. I, I consider them those. Oh. Because saving throws, I always, I always think of like saving throw as an instantaneous or like a sudden type thing. Mm. Whereas if you're like running for a long time, so for example, trying to outrun somebody, like physically outrun them um, over over a long period. Well, and see, actually, I could see the con check for that one. Yeah, yeah. I like I, running I, out of breath. And I really mean like a long period, like an endurance yeah. or a, a swimming check. Right. Athletics in the short term, but like 
you want to swim 10 miles that's a con check interesting i think and it's interesting i think in the context we've mostly seen that in our games has been like Clint fighting doing exhaustion. con saves to fight exhaustion, yeah. right? Which mm-hmm. um, I think I think is a nice way to introduce exhaustion, which I don't do enough in my games. I should because it sucks when you get exhausted. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. And there, I often get exhausted as a rogue with a low con score. <laughs> exhausted is tricky, though. I gave my players a boss fight. They were in a mansion attacking a vampire. And every round, the house like thumped. And they'd make a, a con saving throw to avoid a level of exhaustion. I thought it'd be fun like to throw that in there because like you put the timer on the fight. They can't let him get away. But the rogue failed like four in a row and nobody else failed one. So it was like, oh, crap. This is just now targeting my rogue and nobody else is. <laughs> what level are they? Uh, they were level, I think, eight or nine at the time. Hey, eight, if, you're, if you're ninth level, greater restoration, baby. Yeah. Um, Boom. Also, I mean, also, like, you could run away, but... Yeah, this is I know, true. it's a rogue. Why was he in the thick of it anyway? <laughs> he wasn't. He was avoiding everybody, but it was like, he was still in the mansion. In the mansion. That was, it was like a layer action almost. So, so the rogue, did they get like four levels of... Because it once yeah. you get like five, you're dead. Yeah, is it five uh, or so, six? So six, six? Six is dead. dead. <laughs> he, he was ready to run, but then they killed the vampire, oh. and so the effect stopped. I'm yeah, at like a solid was... three right now. So, <laughs> well, yeah, you're an adult, so you're at least at a two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My speed has been halved for several years. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, this really opens up the broader discussion, and we've already gotten there about like I always encourage using ability checks and scores in unique ways i mean again D D is a game we've we've talked about this you have to gamify the real world in some way which means yeah some things fall through the cracks i think that um i've talked about like like technology checks is not really something contemplated by the rules but i would mm. put that under like intelligence and that might be a you know a, a, an intelligence based check that you could do um but in general, it supports that idea that, hey, like maybe this is something that it would only benefit a, a small number of players, right? Because you need to have mm-hmm. proficiency in all of those all things. Of the things. Or it, it would be it would benefit like barbarians or potentially rangers or fighters or paladins, anyone who had athletics and proficiency and strength, which I don't think actually paladins have. They have wisdom and charisma, I think. No, it's clerics. I don't know. God damn it. Um, yeah, clerics have charisma for it, some reason. It's constitution I mean, and charisma for paladins, I think. I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, so Tell us in the comments, everybody. You know what? Yeah, I no. have to look it up because I'm... I, I think, think it's strength and charisma. I think charisma. it's strength and charisma. I think I'm thinking strength, of yeah. sorcerers, which are charisma and constitution. Are um, they? What? Yes. What? Sorcerers are constitution? Yeah. That's, it's I mean, awesome. Hey, good for them. No, no, no. But that's good because of all your con saves for your concentration. Um, That uh, actually gives a whole unique flavor to what a sorcerer is, which I also have some thoughts on as far as their spell. Should Um, we be calling you back for our sorcerer discussion? You are more than welcome to. For the the warlock one, that's that's where the thoughts get uh, let out. Proficiency and wisdom and charisma saving throws. Wisdom? For paladin. Wisdom? Oh. Wisdom and charisma. I, guess, cause those I mean, really charisma, are, yeah, but okay. Yeah, those are defensive things, though, right? Yeah. Like, saving throws are about saving yeah, that's yourself. True. Yeah. I'd, wa- I'd want to give them the benefit of both of those. Because yeah. charisma is like banishment, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cl- clerics also get wisdom and charisma, so. Interesting. Um, 
Oh, I also have one yes. thing to add as far yes. as ability scores. Um, this is a, a PSA for all DMs out there and players who control your DMs through whatever means necessary. Um, <laughs> please, Tell me please, more. please reward players who have very high ability scores by telling them you would need to make a check here, but you have a 20 intelligence, so you just know this. Right? If they wouldn't realistically fail something or not know something or, you know, if it's a, a ranger that has 20 wisdom, they can just track stuff, you know, or kind of whatever the context is. Let players just automatically succeed without even rolling or tell them roll to see how well you do this. Because uh, I use that all the time in my campaign, like the barbarian. If he wants to break something, he doesn't roll. He just breaks it. Mm. Right? Like uh, the rogue, if he wants to be stealthy in a certain area of town, he can actually just do that. There's no roll. Requ- he couldn't realistically fail this this, t- this task before him. I disagree. I make. It I know what, but the yeah, flavor of natural maybe that's, ones. Maybe it's less gamifying, but this comes back to my previous talk when we <laughs> when I was on before about I hate natural ones and ability checks. Like, <laughs> let your players just know things or do things because they're really freaking powerful. I think I, as you level up, I definitely start to do that with some things, but mm. I do think mm-hmm. that there are there. Are, I, I think that there's an argument to be made that. Um, cause I played in a campaign where like the DM did that for like everything and it was super boring. Oh yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't overuse it. Right, exactly. You got to reward people. Like don't, I guess. Yeah. If it became like, you never really do ability checks anymore or only when you're doing out of, out of type stuff, that would be no longer very fun. Hmm. Right. Cause it is fun to roll the D 20. It's also fun to be like, Oh, I don't even have to. I just do it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And I, I think I do that quite often. I could see that once in a while being like mm-hmm. a, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Justice Phil, thanks for joining us. I look forward to our talk on fighters where you convince me that they are not super boring. Um, (laughs) Like I said, everybody tune in because I have some thoughts. (laughs) I almost feel like he's going to convince you of nothing and that he agrees. We're all going to shit on fighters. (laughs) Yes, join us for the shit on fighters hour. (laughs) Spoiler, that's not it. But like, hey, maybe. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Phil. And uh, folks, follow us on Twitter. Send us your questions and cases. All right. Bye. to burp excuse me that's a sweet potato burp (laughs) that's going at the end of the episode i'll put that at the end i'll put that at the end